What's up, Video Landers? This is Brad McBoom. Thanks for tuning in for another AV Quickie. And if you like this Quickie, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, and show some love. All right, guys, just a quick heads up. It is July 3rd. I have fireworks going off all around me. It sounds like World War II. It sounds like we got some Nazi shit going on um, outside the studio. So if you hear some background noise, um, it's probably fireworks. You know, I'm, I'm hearing dogs barking, people screaming. People are having a good time, okay? So just a heads up. With that said, guys, I got to talk about Indiana Jones, man. I have to talk about the dial of destiny. And first off, most of you know I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. Probably my favorite character of all time. I love the original trilogy. Really didn't care for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, I have a really weird relationship with that movie. Every year I rewatch it, hoping to talk myself into liking it. There's moments I like, but overall I think Crystal Skull is a bad movie. If I had to rank the movies, I think I would probably rank them in order that they came out. And this ranking here, guys, is before I watched Dial of Destiny. First off, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. Temple of Doom is my second favorite. Third favorite is Last Crusade. Actually, Temple of Doom and Last Crusade are always flipping back and forth for my number two spot. And then Crystal Skull is my fourth. And again, this was before I watched Dial of Destiny. Now, after Cannes Film Festival, word on the street was Dial of Destiny was worse than Crystal Skull. And I was like, God damn it, no, not again. Because I wanted one more good Indiana Jones movie. So let's start there. Is Dial of Destiny better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yes, I think Dial of Destiny is a much better movie than Crystal Skull. Definitely have some problems, um, a few big issues, but overall I had fun with this movie. And I feel like we've been kind of programmed to hate Dial of Destiny before it even released. It's been a really weird experience um, watching all the hate for this movie before it even came out. And I'm not going to stand up for this and say it's the best movie ever. It's not. It's not as good as the original three. But I think it's better than Crystal Skull. I think it's a good adventure movie that I think some people are shitting on it. And I, I don't know if it's justified. You know, we don't get these kind of movies that often. And I would rather watch this than any of the National Treasure movies. Any of the Mummy movies. I know I'm in the minority on that, but I would rather watch Dial of Destiny over Uncharted, Sahara, Jumanji, Tomb Raider. I think for the most part, Dial of Destiny is a good, not great, good adventure movie. Now, if you see me on the street, don't come up to me and be like, dude, you loved this movie? No, I didn't say that. I, I don't love it. I think it's good. It's not necessarily the farewell movie or the swan song movie that I wanted for Indiana Jones, but I'm glad Kingdom of the Crystal Skull wasn't the last Indiana Jones movie, okay? I'm happier with this being the last movie. As for my quick thoughts, let's start with de-aging. The de-aging was okay, but we are not there yet with de-aging. Sometimes Harrison Ford looked great, other times he looked like shit. Some of this movie is overlit, that doesn't help de-aging. If I'm being honest, guys, the de-aging actually took me out of the first 20 minutes of this movie. We're just not there yet. 
my wife, she doesn't keep up with this like we do. She leaned over to me and she's like, this looks horrible. Did they do some kind of computer CGI stuff here? And I was like, yeah, they, you know, it's the aging and it sucks because I like the idea of the opening. It feels like Indiana Jones. I like what James Mangold was going for. It just didn't work for me. Um, I think I would actually cut this out. Again, I, I know I'm probably in the minority, but I would probably cut this 20, 30 minutes out and just cut to old Indy sitting in his rocking chair. Just double down on old Indy. I also think this movie is a little too long, probably by 20 or 30 minutes. And the opening, as much as I like the ideas and everything that's going on in the opening, if they would have cut that out, they probably would have saved millions, 20 to 30 million, maybe $50 million, because there's a lot of de-aging, a lot of effects going on. Ah, I don't know. I wish this was more focused on practical ideas. I wish they would have concentrated on a practical budget. Because this movie is going to lose money. Now, as for old Indiana Jones, I really liked his character in this, for the most part. I mean, they basically copied the Han Solo sequel character and, and pasted it here. It's, it's, it's actually really lazy, but I think it works better here than in uh, the sequel trilogy. I think he gets out of his slump early in the movie. He gets on his adventure pretty quick. So overall, I think the old man shtick, you know, worked better here than it did in the sequel trilogy. And as for the old man action scenes, again, I thought, again, for the most part, were done very respectfully. There's a couple times where they take Indiana Jones to the edge, and I'm like, man, this dude's 80. There's no way he can do that. But it never gets really too crazy um, in terms of action. There's a couple scenes where he's riding a horse or... You know, he's in a car chase. He moves from one car to the next pretty quickly for an older guy. Like, I don't even think I could move that quick. And I'm half his age. But I thought they handled old man action pretty well. For the most part. I think I've said for the most part like five or six times tonight. And I've always said, guys, Indiana Jones will be adventuring until the day he dies. And I thought this adventure was suitable for a man of his age. As for the action... Mangold is no Spielberg. James Mangold is a really solid director. And I think he gets Indiana Jones. I think he has respect for the character. And again, for the most part, I think he taps into the spirit of Indiana Jones. Which, I'm again, I'm glad this is the last one because I think there is some spirit of Indiana Jones here. I'm glad this is the last one and not Crystal Skull. But Mangold... He just doesn't have the original trilogy magic like Spielberg had. He can't compose the action scenes like Spielberg. And I thought some of his action was uninspired. Like, they would be great for any summer blockbuster movie. But this is an Indiana Jones movie, so I expected more. And I wish we had some different action. Most of the action was chases, vehicle chases, horse chases. But where I think this movie succeeds isn't necessarily with the action, but with the adventure and with the MacGuffin. The adventure elements were great. This is an adventure movie through and through. I like the adventure. We go to New York, Morocco, Greece. We get planes, trains, and automobiles. We get some deep sea diving, which I think that was an awesome scene. I, you know, I, 
I never really thought about Indiana Jones deep sea diving, and I just kind of geeked out on that. But we get some, you know, caves, some traps. Uh, we get a Casablanca-like hotel, and I just like the late '60s setting. I like that this is set during the space race. We get a, a cool parade scene. We get Nazis, NASA crooked agents. So I like the adventure. I like the MacGuffins. The opening MacGuffin, it's it's actually the Spear of Destiny. They don't call it that, but it's the Spear of Destiny, which I loved. I've always wanted uh, the Spear of Destiny in an Indiana Jones movie. And I think the dial was a pretty good MacGuffin to end on with Indiana Jones. So the adventure, the locations... I thought felt like Indiana Jones. I do think there's a little bit too much CGI. I wish there was more practical effects. Guys, I hope someone in the future, I hope we get a, a new adventure franchise with a young filmmaker who looks back at the original trilogy and concentrates more on adventure instead of big effects and CGI. Like, we need to get back to the basics. With that said, this was a fun, big adventure for Indiana Jones to end on. Now, for the third act, I have no idea what I think about the third act. Ask me in a year, ask me in five years from now what I think, because, guys, I'm just going to sit on this for a while, because they go there. If you thought Aliens was a big thing for, for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, this movie does time travel. The third act twist is off the rails, and... It's so ballsy, you you almost have to applaud it, okay? Because it is crazy. And, guys, I almost wish that Indiana Jones would have stayed in ancient times where they traveled to, keeping the aged relic of Indiana Jones buried in the past, becoming a part of history. He would still be alive, and we would be wondering, as fans, what his adventures would be. But he goes back home, um, reunites with Marion, and... Honestly, I haven't made up my mind on how I feel about that. Just that entire third act. It is crazy. But I think leaving him in the past would have worked better. I mean, it's never going to be better than riding off into the sunset like Last Crusade. Riding off into the sunset will always be the best ending. But leaving him in the past, I think, would have been a nice send-off. I don't know. Let me sit on it. We'll talk about it in five years from now because I honestly don't know what I think about this third act. And something else I want to say is I thought for the most part, there's that most part again, everybody came to work. Everybody brought their A-game. Again, Mangold is no Spielberg, but I thought he did an adequate job. Harrison Ford, I thought, gave a really good performance. He cares about this character, and it shows. I think he clocked into work. He showed up. As for Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, the only thing I could think of this entire movie was, I wish this was short round. This last adventure should have been Indiana Jones in short round, not Helena Shaw. Didn't mind Helena Shaw, but it should have been short round. And I know Harrison Ford said this is his last movie, but if he came out tomorrow and said, you know what, I've recently connected with, you know, Kihai Kwan, I think that's how you say his name, and we've had such a great time catching up and reconnecting. I want to do one more movie, and I want to pass the torch on to him. I would be super fucking jazzed for an Indy 6. We need the torch passed to Short Round. We need like three movies set in the 80s with Short Round. Taking him on an Asian martial arts-fueled fucking quest, man. 
someone needs to make that happen. But short round should have been in this movie, okay? Helena Shaw was fine. Short round should have been in this movie. And actually talking about short round, there's a kid in this movie named Teddy. This kid is not as memorable as short round. I think you could take him out of this movie and no one would give a shit. Mads Mikkelsen, I thought was great. Again, he's not as memorable as I would like, but Mads Mikkelsen as a Nazi is just great casting. I think he needed two or three more scenes to kind of stand out and, and to be memorable, but I thought he was great. The writing just wasn't there for him, but Mads Mikkelsen was great casting. Love seeing him as the main Nazi. And I liked his plan too. He wants to use the dial, go back in time, take out Hitler and become a better Hitler. That's pretty fucking scary. So loved Mad Mickelson, just not as memorable as I think he should have been. Antonio Banderas is in this movie. I love Antonio Banderas, but I have no idea what Antonio Banderas was fucking doing in this movie. He's blinking, you miss him. I just don't understand why you cast Antonio Banderas when you could literally cast anybody to play his character. I will also say that it was great to see Sala again, played by John Rhys Davies. He didn't have much to do, but this movie's already cram-packed. But I thought he had a nice little cameo. It was good to see John Rice davies And the last thing I want to talk about is Shia LaBeouf. Mutt, right? Mutt got done dirty. Indiana Jones' son. This movie here said he was killed in Vietnam. I'm like, what the fuck? How are you going to do mutt dirty like that? And I think it's stupid too because even if you don't like Shia LaBeouf or if the studio doesn't like Shia LaBeouf because he's a wild card, if you wanted to as a studio, you could just recast him and you have a built-in franchise with mutt. Someone who can carry the legacy to another generation of fans. Just really weird that they would kill the bloodline of Indiana Jones. Seems like a horrible business idea. But guys, overall, those are some of my quick thoughts. Overall, I enjoyed this last adventure with Indy. Could it have been better? For sure. Is it better than Kingdom of the Crystal School? For sure. I enjoyed my time in the theater. It was great to see Indy one last time. Great to hear John Williams one last time. Dial of Destiny is currently my fourth favorite Indiana Jones movie. Currently, Rotten Tomatoes has this movie at 68% fresh. That's critics and 88% fresh audience score. I agree with the critics on this one. Mid-60s sounds like a good place for Dial of Destiny. In a fresh or rotten world, I'm going fresh. It's not the Pantheon Indiana Jones movie that I wanted but I say check it out and enjoy a fun night at the movies. Anyway, guys, that's all I got. What do you think? Did you like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Let me know what you think in the comments on Facebook. Until next time, my good people, happy 4th of July, and peace out.